Welcome to Mo Chats, the podcast, a podcast about women stepping out of their comfort zone to live life on their terms. What if you truly believe you have the ability to create the life you want? What if you decide to live life out of the box? And what if you decide to ignore the naysayers and take bold steps to build your vision? Now, what would that vision look like? Every episode, we chat with women on the journey of stepping out of their comfort zone and living life on their terms. Now I'm your host, Mo Jones. Hello and welcome to Mo Chats. I'm so excited today. We have the lovely Mary Callahan joining us. For those of you that don't know, Mary is first and foremost a mother to two teenage girls, and secondly, wife to husband Tim, and last but not least, she is co-owner of Brooke and Mary for commercial classes and also for House Casting New York. Such an impressive background, and I'm so excited to talk to her today and learn more about how she stepped out of her comfort zone and share her wisdom with our listeners. Welcome, Mary. Hello, Mo. How are you? I love that you you were calling yourself Mo Chats because you know I knew you as Maureen Jones. You know, right. the, you know the El Presidente of uh, the DCA, but I would call you step out of here. You're like, what's up? Mo, and there's only certain people you can do that with, and now absolutely. You're like, <laughs> and I actually was Mo back in high school, and then in college it was like Mo slash Maureen, and then in the professional world I went to Maureen, and then now it's like Mo again. But most of my old school people know me as Mo, so it's yeah, now awesome. like coming back to Mo all full circle again. That's awesome. So, Mary, tell us a little bit about Brooke and Mary mm-hmm. and house casting. And the difference between the two. Uh, so there's two. So I'm my professional day job is a, a casting director, mainly for commercials. I've done some some film, like independent, and then a, a couple of TV things, but nothing crazy. Our bread and butter is commercials, which is fine. It's quick and easy, and not so much easy all the time. But it's you know the Verizon commercials, the Facebook, the this, the that, and then I I also because I was a casting director, a lot of people would um, hire you from other places that acting places, people for that want to do their skills for commercial casting. So they would hire me when I was younger to teach commercial classes. And to be completely honest with you, Brooke and Mary came out of the fact that I was aggravated at that they would put like 30 people in my class and half the people wouldn't get up. And I felt like they were just taking these actors' money and coming from an acting background, I thought it was unfair that these people were paying all this money to be in a class with me and I wasn't able to teach them. So Brooke, who was my coworker at the time, now owns Brooke Thomas Casting, we were, I don't know, maybe over a beer after work talking about it and and how aggravating it was. And she said, we should start our own company. And that was God 20, like over over 20 years ago and we just said let's start our own company and we called it Brooke and Mary and we just I don't even know she did all the kind of the, the business stuff and I did more of the marketing and uh, and that was it we were we've been very successful ever since and that was my, my side hustle job just extra money for whatever and it still is it is still I still enjoy it so much 
So that's Brooke and Mary. And then the commercial casting is just, it's just my, it's my real job now. Okay. And how long have you been doing that? I've been doing that for 20, also 20 something years. I've, I've had to really started getting into casting around uh, age like 23. I was an acting major in college and I did commercials myself and I did stuff like that, but I just never, the, I wanted more stability in my life. And that's why I'm so fond of the actors of the Broadway or whoever they are that just really have that passion just to really go after their dreams. I'm, I'm because I really didn't. I wanted a regular nine to five kind of thing, but with creativity. So I found that I was super lucky to find that in casting. That's great. So it looks like you were able to take your acting background, mm-hmm. which you did in college, mm-hmm. and you thought about pursuing it, but then you realized for you specifically, you needed that stability. So you just found a way to allow yourself to still be creative and still be in the realm of that arena and follow what your gut was telling you to follow. Yes. I got an internship at a casting company. And the second I stepped into the room, I was like, okay, this is where I should be. It was tough because I was in my early twenties and we've been doing musical theater your whole life and all you did was as a kid I didn't do sports I was a singer dancer kid which is so opposite of my kids Um, (laughs) I'm just I'm such a different mother (laughs) than my mother was that's what really what happened and it was a, a tough decision and I think that in the beginning it was a little I still was like am I making the right decision but by about age 30 I was like yeah I made the right decision and then as I got older I really appreciated my job. And now, now, right now, I'm, I feel extremely lucky to be where I am. And uh, yeah, it's great. That's, that's great. So what would you say would be a time where you felt you really had to step out of your comfort zone? Oh, God. Out of my comfort zone. Probably recently when I, I, we were, I, that's when I became owner of house casting with Neil, who was my boss at the time. I was so used to, I had a really cushy situation where I could be a mom and work from home and do all this good stuff. And then when he asked, when the company we were given the company, it was, it's a long story. Basically they said, you can take the name, but we don't want to be in casting anymore. The people that owned it. And I, was so scared. There was a part of me that almost didn't want to, when Neil asked me to be a partner, I was like, what does this entail? And how much work is this? And it, and it ends up being that I have to use that other part of my brain, which is uh, the business part. And it was, I was so not used to that. And I was, I could say for my friends and neighbors and my family would say for about four months, I was constantly sick to my stomach about what was going on because everything wasn't just going. I, again, I had a very cushy situation. Now I was going to be the boss and I had to figure out how to run the show in certain ways and it all worked out, but it was really scary. And it was really, I would never, ever look back and say, I'm so excited it happened. But back then I was so sick to my stomach. So yes, that was a big comfort zone moment for me. So you definitely had that moment where you were being pushed out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and you are wrestling with the idea of how do I take this next step? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like how do I take this next step? What is, what is going to happen? What if this fails? What if, how, how do I do this? I don't know. I go to the accountant and then he does my taxes for me and I just 
who tells me all that kind of stuff. And now I have to go in and what does this, what does this mean? And, and I'm like scared to death to go to say, what are we going to call the company? And, and how are we going to, how am I going to be an LLC? And, and how but something was just pushing me along the way. You can't say no to this. You can't let, I could have easily said to, let's put it this way. I could have easily said to Neil, no, I'll work for you. You're going to pay me a lot more money because I think we're going to do really well, but you're going to be the boss and you can do. He gave me that opportunity. I will say that. I think he's super smart that he did. Having a having a partner now who's a female is super important. It checks all the boxes in a lot of ways. There's a lot of boxes we have to check now. And so he knew what he was doing, but I also think he trusted me and, and that was great. But yes, that was it. But if something was pushing me the whole time, it was like little angels were behind me going like, Almost out. It's like those little whispers were telling you this, you need to do this. Yes. And those six, like every time there was a success, like I would walk out and be like, okay, we just did the paperwork for the company. Okay. Okay. This is my identification number for my company. Okay. Okay. Now here's how I bill my clients. Okay. Here are the checks coming in now, right? Here's how I, how do I do QuickBooks? I don't know how to do QuickBooks. Somehow, I'm like, the, literally, I'm like the master at it. it. That is amazing, though. But this is why I, I enjoy talking to women who are going through this journey. And finally, they're coming to a point in their life where they're having this important stepping out of their comfort zone moments. And you think like, oh, my goodness, you wrestle back and forth. Should I not? How am I going to make this work? And sometimes it's territory that you completely don't know, but yet something was pushing you and propelling you and you took that leap and you decided, okay, I'm going to figure it out. And by just taking that leap, it seems like little by little each day, as you try to learn, things started to, you started to figure things out and things started to fall into place for you, right? Oh, totally. Things not only fell into place for me, it got really easy. And I was like, okay, this is much easier than I thought it was going to be. And by Christmas, because I think we took over the company in September is when we moved and we got all this stuff. And by Christmas, I just remember being so happy. It is so amazing. Now imagine how different your life would have been if you had just said no and decided not to try that new trajectory. It would have been a big mistake. And I wouldn't have been COVID happened. So there's a whole different thing there. But still, even with that, I always think I would have been, yes, we had some down months and it's going to be, you know, tough with production all went to a halt and all this stuff. But I still had already set myself up for to to be okay during it, which was great. And I think that if I was at the other company or if I had, let's say, Ben Neal's employee, I don't know how I wouldn't have. We would have been really, it would have not been good at all. So so you um, were in a better place as a result of that. I was in a better place, but I also, I truly think I was also in a better place being one of the, the bosses because I set my employees up. I made sure that they were okay too. And that was ex- extremely important to me during this time and Neil too. And I'm proud of myself for a lot of that, how we get through it and I wouldn't have been given that opportunity. I wouldn't have had those moments where I'm just looking back saying, wow, we did that. And not only did you take care of you, yourself, your family, whatever, you you took care of other people, which is super important. 
That is so important in business, right? It's more than just the actual doing the business, but it's the relationships that you build and taking care of people that you work with or work for you at the same time. It's I'm a huge believer and and I know you are too. Karma is everything. I mean, it's it's every good deed you do somehow, if you it'll all come back to you. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. How did you pivot during COVID? Because I would imagine you had to do a little bit of pivoting to some degree. Yeah, we did. We I'm gonna be honest with you, we production stopped, right? So there were no jobs coming in. So this, total shutdown, nothing. Talk about you just shut down, nothing. You, I went from working so hard to doing nothing. And that's, it was super hard not to do anything. I'm just not meant to, I'm not that person. It was a lot of that, but then a couple like voiceover jobs would come in because they were like splicing all these commercials together from old spots, but they would need a new voiceover over it saying like, now in these days, Toyota has you, but they need a new voiceover for that. So I would get voiceovers in and I would be so excited. I would spend two days prepping it and, and, and listening to every voice. And it was great. And now it's funny to look back at that. I was just so grateful to have still have work coming in. And then August, July, August, when they opened things up and you could do things and they're doing everything really with the sets are, I mean, really, you have to they're testing and testing and we're doing all this stuff. It's gotten really busy. I think because people want to, they want to shoot again. They want to advertise. And we got to remember in my, we don't, they don't know what's going to go on. We don't know what's going to go on. So we don't know what holiday campaigns are going to look like. We don't know if it's going to shut down for a little bit again. We don't know if the hospital is going to need more advertising. We don't know who. So it's an ongoing thing. But the good news is that I always have to remember like production will continue. It's people want to watch TV shows. They want to watch commercials and commercials have to advertise things. So I'm super lucky also, whereas I thought I wasn't because we shut down. I know that it just never ends. So you get an opportunity to see that, okay, there might be a little bit of a lull. It's always going to come back. You have to always think you always have to. And luckily, I think I was just given this, this too shall pass. But think two weeks from now, think two weeks from now, like my mother always brought me up and like, in two weeks, it's going to be different in two weeks, the two week part. And that would get me through in many ways. And it was the truth. I like that philosophy in two weeks, it's going to be different. So you're being faced with the challenge and you can find a way to adjust your mindset and remind yourself, you know what, in two weeks, this is going to be different. Yeah. In two weeks. Yep. Exactly. The room because my children are being very loud, right? <laughs> no problem. This I love this. I love that this is right in the moment and people totally know that we are recording in our homes with children Absolutely. and sometimes things just happen. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. As you work towards building who you are, figuring out your path, and getting to where you are, you talk about this major moment where you really had to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and stepping out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I would imagine along the way, you have had your share of challenges. Mm-hmm. And so many times it's, we all know it's easier to talk about the wins and successes, but I'm all about the challenges and I'm all about the failures because I'm a big believer. That's what really grows us. That's what gets us to the other side. So what would you say would be one of your biggest failures? Oh, man. 
one of my biggest failures, it's not really considered a real failure, but it taught me a lot is just growing up acting, singing and all that good stuff. And coming to the point where I was like, I was that kid in high school that they were like, you're going to be on Broadway. But I was from a very small, and then I moved to South Orange, um, Maplewood, where you look at the high school and the town there, it's crazy. <laughs> the theater is something, <laughs> something next level. But I think a failure, uh, you know, is just having to say, look, I'm just not, I don't have it. The, I don't have the cahoots to go, you know, to, I don't have the, 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 I don't know, cahoots, I, I don't think that's even a word. I don't have the, I'm not that, I'm not that. And, and that is, that was a failure to me a little bit of you've studied this your whole life. Um, but I, again, that brought me to, if I did that, I wouldn't be where I am now. Like I, if I didn't, I don't know where I'd be. Who knows if I really went for that kind of a thing. But that was my, I was a maid. That was my major. That's what I did. And then I gave it up really quickly for the simple life, which then my life didn't turn so simple. I, in the meantime, put my, one of my biggest things I produced and I created a television show that went to NBC that was like supposed to get made. We went, it was one in, it was the biggest when my daughter was one. And I left, I will say, when we won it, we got an agent and we were at NBC and we were on the table. It was about the commercial casting world. There's some great, we cast it and there's some famous people in the, the pilot. That never, it never went. We were taken away because some high, a higher up took over NBC basically and shelved it. And I will say that's something that I've always I still own it, split the difference. I always, always look back at it. It's always probably in my, that I let it go because I was a mom and because I couldn't move. I couldn't take all the pressure because I, I had a one-year-old and my writing, he's, he was a writer, but I called him, we were called writing partners, but he actually wrote it for me. I created it with him. He was ready to just go to LA and move up, up move his family to LA. And I remember being here and thinking you can move your whole family because that's what you want to do. But if I move my family to LA and this show doesn't go, what happens then? Because I have a husband with a job and I have all things. And this is like a female thing, actually. No, it was a thing of we were, his wife was ready and he can listen to this and he knows it to just move everything for him. And Tim wasn't. He was like, Who, what is this show? Who are you? You're not a writer. And now you created this television show. I'll move there if it's a big success. Wow. Yeah. So that was a big part of your journey. And to think that you have this moment where you're trying to figure out where can this go, but yet you weren't at that point of your life to really take that big leap. But nonetheless, it definitely taught you something. Yeah. I think it well, first off, it taught me what's important to me, which has always been like my family. This is the most important thing to me. And it taught me in certain things that like I can do anything I want. I when, when I came up with the idea for this and we won all this stuff, it was I was so happy and proud, but then I didn't want it to go any further, which is so it, I wasn't willing to take the necessary risks to make that go further to make it go further. Maybe could you look at it as that was uh, a step, a point of your journey that maybe you needed to experience for you to know what you really wanted or needed to go further? Yes, definitely. 
it, it proved to me, it, it did a couple of things for me. It was a great experience, something that I would be proud of, but also I was very confused back then. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And I did continue to write some certain things, which I'm psyched. I was, I kept my creative juices flowing, but also like how far do I want to go with them? And there's still a part of me that is, I feel like if I did that, I could easily, I always, you know, I'm always thinking of new things and I can shoot something like little episodes, but then I'm also like, okay, how many things can I do? Like, how right. <laughs> I'm a true Gemini. Like it, 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 it's like either I, I want the life where it's just like, go meet my friends at the pool and we hang out. And then also I want to totally like make TV shows and own, you know, a casting company and also do the Brooke and Mary thing. And, and I will say this COVID thing has taught me like, maybe I do too much, like too much, like go down a little bit, you know, running always moving. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about that doing too much. Cause I think sometimes as we either try to make our path or try to take on the journey, or we get that call to do the thing that we want to do. You feel like you have to be in all of this and do so much. And particularly as women, right? We're always feeling like I have to do. How do you get to a point where you decide, okay, this is what I'm going to focus on and be okay with that without feeling like, I'm not doing enough or I need to get back to that and be content with that moment and at the point that you're at. I I really don't. I think I always say, like, I've said it many times. I wish I could be sometimes a simple person, like simple life. Like I, and this in the, in the best of ways there were, it's, it's, it's actually gone away a little bit, when, but when I was a little bit younger, I would be like, why didn't I just buy a place near my family and work at a bank and have a nine to five job and just have a simple life, like a simple life. And I, I'm not saying people with banks, I'm just saying like, no, no, everyone has their own path that they choose. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think I'll ever be unless I'm forced to step down at certain things or whatever. I think it's an age thing. And age, age is great. I, I don't mind going over. I, I have I'm, no I'm with you. I just feel like it's, you, you can let things go. It's, you get it. We're like the same. It's just, I've learned so much, but the pressure you put on yourself, your outfit you have to wear. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's so silly when you look back at it. But I think you just simplify it. I think as your kids get, what comes down to is as my kids are getting older, the, their lives are more important than mine. What they're going to be doing is more important there. I, I want to, I want them to be proud of me and I want them to do, to watch me as a, as a woman, how, whatever that is. Again, if you are a working mother and you are a, a mother that stays home, if you are doing things for your kids, applaud you big time. Because I wasn't, I definitely had babysitters when they were younger and, and I don't regret that, but I applaud any of the, any money, 
anyone who stayed home because it was hard. You know? It goes to show you that you really can't do it alone. Too many times women think or feel the need that they have to do it alone. But you know that in order to have forged the path that you took, you needed a support system to help you through that whole journey. Yep. Whether it's your mom, friends, your babysitters, anything. And then, but I think I'm, I'm trying to think of your, your question before about simplifying it. I think it's just, just I guess, saying no to certain things. You know, I think that's it. I can't do this. But then again, that's your, my decisions are always based around my family. You know? And that's one thing I've always known that you, your family is definitely a priority for you and you make your family number one, which is really, I think it's really important for women to hear that who are either trying to forge a path or really trying to make their passion more their career and think that I have to sacrifice one for the other per se. But in in a way, you can lead your life where your fam- family is your priority and still follow the path that you want to take. In the end, it'll make you a better a better mother, a better parent if you are happy because you're doing, you're pursuing your, your passion. And you've got to remember your, I always say your kids are watching. Your kids are watching. I think yeah, your kids are watching. And again, they're watching you screw up too. They're watching you stressed out. I, that's something I always think. I regret how stressed out I, I am when I get stressed out at work and my kids can see it. And I wish I could be more laid back about stuff and, and everything like that. It happened tonight. I was a work problem and I was tense. I went from being relaxed to tense, but I think they, they're used to it. And, and they learn from it as well as they watch yeah. you. It becomes a part of the learning process for them. But speaking of tense, I want to talk about that because how do you ride the waves of business and being a business owner and having this path that you have? Anything that you do, we know has its ups and downs. It's not always sunshine and roses. So how do you ride those waves? I basically just put it out there that everything is going to be okay. Again, the two-week thing. In two weeks, this shall pass. Basically, you have to surround yourself with people that you trust. And that's how I've gotten through any of that stuff. And and also delegate to people. I have no problem saying, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And finding people that are willing to do it. And I think even on my entire team, there are, there are people that are just so good at certain things and maybe not great at something else, but it doesn't matter because that other person on the team is really great at that. And so you just delegate it. And I haven't had any crazy hiccups so far in, in the business. You know, high maintenance clients, I think for the most part, here's the deal. I think if something goes wrong, you have to own up to it. That's it. You have, to, you have to say to your client, I screwed up. I didn't do this, but here's how I'm going to make it right. There's no no lying. There's no anything. You just have to put it out there. And actually, not in the email. Can I call you? Can I call you? I need to talk to you about something. That's a big thing with me. If something's going on wrong with the job and I know that it's like on us, I don't want to put it in the email. I want to talk to the person like a human. And I think it goes really far. I would definitely agree with that. And I want to touch on that, but two things I want to touch on. I want to go back a little bit to mindset because you mentioned a lot how you have this mindset where when you're faced with anything, you've got that two two weeks, two weeks. How do you work on your mindset? Because I think many people don't realize how mindset is a big part of being able to trust yourself to step out of your comfort zone and do the work you're going to do, whatever work it might be. You need a certain kind of mindset. How do you get yourself into that mindset? I I will say I exercise. I'm not a yoga person, but I'm a huge runner, meaning I run to just to let, let my mind. It's super important to me. Just think about things, but not think about things and just 
get it, it, adrenaline. It makes you, it just is really good for you. I think also I would say that I'm a pretty positive person and I would just, that's my parents, 100%. It's my upbringing. It's like very positive and very, and my mom, just the best advice, always like, it's all going to be okay. There's no stress there. So I think that it's pretty much, that's a lot of it. That mindset, the mindset's just, it's something that, again, I think exercise is super important. I think that you have to have a positive attitude about things. There's no like, woe is me. And when you do get into the that mindset of this is horrible, you get that one friend or those couple of friends that you can talk to who go, this is going to be okay. I, I talk to, you know, Alexis uh, uh, a lot because she's owned her, you know, Alexis, I think you're having her on, but she's owned her, I don't know, she's got her showroom or other showroom. She's, you know, done all this stuff. And I always say to her, this is what's going on at work. And she's like, yeah, yeah, stinks, doesn't it? Let's have a glass of wine. She'll have vodka. So we will literally like, can I meet in the porch and talk about this? And then you go, okay, everything's going to be okay. That's it. You need that support system to help you and, and being able to connect with other friends and women who are, who can recenter you and bring you back on track to let you know, no matter what it is, it's going to be okay. Yes. Yes. And I'm fortunate to even have Michelle, my friend, Michelle is a, is a producer. And so I bounce things off of her all the time. She's one of my best friends and she's literally my a client. So if I talk to her and say, this is what's going on with this job, I'm freaking out because this producer, whatever. And she'll go, oh, this is what you say and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Because I respect huh? her as a producer. So yeah, it's great. That's really good. And so I'll go back to that part where you mentioned if something goes wrong, you own up to it. Call, don't email. What a great philosophy. Oh, yeah. Email somebody if you have facts to say that you want to put out there, or if you want to say, this is what you said in an email. But if you have something really important that's like gut-wrenching that you're like, something's wrong here. And I want to talk to you on the phone. So they hear your voice saying, this job isn't going right. Or look, I, di I didn't see this when you gave these specs. Or it could be anything you want to talk about. I'm about that in everyday life. Ask any of my friends. I'm not a big texter. If you have a problem, if you have anything, call me. Let's talk about it. And that's it. And I'm just not about the passive aggressive texting or emailing. And I totally agree with you. And I think that's such a great philosophy for life, for business, for relationships, because I think when we try to cover up things and ra rather than be real and honest with ourselves and then with others, then we're not trusting. We're not really trusting that people will show up for us and we're not trusting that the universe will show up for us. So this is such an important nugget and just a, a great. Uh, philosophy to remember for life in general. And it's really, it's hard because we've been so conditioned to write everything and text everything. And, and it's really hard to, don't get me wrong, when I do have to make those phone calls, I'm like sick to my stomach. But at the end, after I get off the phone, I feel so much better than an email where I don't know the tone or the reaction. Think about this. You and I, you could have just asked for this and I could have written all of my answers to you and none of it would have come through the way I'm, I'm talking. It would be like a little robot. Yeah, absolutely. You are now living life on your own terms, would you say? Yes. And how does that feel? It didn't feel good in the beginning of COVID. I was all nervous, but it feels really good. I feel in control. And every time I feel like I might fail at something business-wise or anything, I have the power to turn it around. I only make, there's no one, there's no one above me. I love that that segues right into the next part that I was going to go into was asking you with all the experience that you had with all your failures, successes, wins, challenges, cries, frustrations, what advice would you give to other women who are trying to step out of their comfort zone, face their fears and live life on their own terms? As Irma Bomba said, life is not a bowl of cherries. You have to work 
for everything. You have to work for everything. And you're going to fail at so much. But if you really work, like work, meaning like work at what you want and your passions and no regrets, no real regrets, meaning, yeah, I'm regretting that I ate so much during this period of time, but really, that's not a real regret. Real regrets are if you had a passion about something, and I actually can say that for every time I have some kind of a passion, whether it was less, you know, writing that TV thing or whatever, that was something I really wanted to do. And I accomplished that, whether it went, I made it to TV or not, I made it that far. And I went to school for acting and theater and, and I didn't end up doing that, but I wouldn't have this career if I didn't choose that major. And I went with communications major because you could do that. It was easier to be a communications major than a theater major at that point. And I think also voicing, it's really hard to communicate sometimes, especially with your spouse or your family, that this is important to you. And um, especially if they're not exactly the same as you, like my husband's a sales guy. He could be the furthest from the entertainment business that you could ask for. So it's, he doesn't understand me in certain ways, but occasionally you have to sit down and say, this is super important to me. And I think he's r- rode that wave with me and he, he's super happy with where, I'm going to say proud, but super happy with, with where my I career. think he's pretty proud too. <laughs> <laughs> It is, it's, the, it's the cliche of, of no regrets. You can totally do, whether it's to, even to the smallest, if you have a passion for something, you'll be happy no matter where it goes. If you just, if you want to paint and be a painter, then do it. I think sometimes what happens to some people, they are so trapped by the fear of the unknown. And yeah. rather than just jumping in and trying it, it's, I'm just not going to try at all. But you don't know until you try. And you can try and fail, but you can try and succeed. And if you try and fail, I don't even consider it a failure, but you learn from it. And it might just take you in another direction that you never even thought was waiting for you. You know, it's funny, Brooke, who I do Brooke and Mary with, came up with this, she always say this thing, which is so true. It's, and I actually, we wrote a whole thing on it on our blog a long time ago, but it's, it's called The No Story. And she'll say to the actors, look, when we were kids, if you heard no, you threw yourself on the floor and you threw a tantrum. You just tantrumed it out because you were upset, upset about the no. And she said, and as we get older, we get conditioned. We don't want to hear no. It's, we don't want to hear it. So we don't ask. We don't ask anymore. We don't throw it out there. We just go with the norm and what the, everything is. Get ready for the nose. Get ready for it. Get ready. Be back to what you where you were there. It, it makes so much sense because when you get the ice cream at the end, it's the best feeling. Best feeling. The best feeling. And there is so much power in asking. I think so many times we just don't even ask because we're so afraid of the no. But if you just remember that no is just no. It's a simple sentence, no. And you know what? If you get a no, you're just where you started anyway. 100%. You're where you started anyway. And you're like, okay, let's move on so I can get the yes. Exactly. And you have to be ready to take a lot of no's before you get to the yes. Oh, yes. It's 90% no to 10% yes. How did you handle the no's? Don't remember, which is a good thing. I think I cried a lot on no's. I think I got frustrated. I probably took it out on my family a little bit. But for some something in all aspects, something kept me just going. I think, again, it's just a mindset of I'm not giving up on, on certain things. You have to be willing to keep... 
I think the more you try at things and the more successful you are at things and you get that taste of the success and how, again, how hard you worked to get where you are, the more conditioned you are for it. Just the more conditioned you are to get those no's and know that I don't even know what's next. And that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Because I think sometimes the unknown is like that light that hasn't quite really come out yet. And it's on the horizon. Something else is on on the horizon, but you don't quite know how it's going to rise up for you. And if you, it's part of the journey. If you just keep taking it step by step, you'd be surprised what's waiting for you and what that reveal is or what that next chapter is. Because there's always going to be a next chapter. And that's, you have to be ready for that and know that there's always going to be a next chapter. And between, you know, chapter one and chapter two, there's so much happening. But you want to be present in the moment that you're not focused on just chapter two because you want to enjoy the ride of chapter one. And it sets you up for what's to come in chapter two. Again, it's that two-week thing. It's, I look at where I am now, I'm like, oh my God, look at way back then and this and that and everything, like anything personally, business-wise, this or that. There was anything that was bad that happened, even any anything really relatively. It was two weeks. I'll be, I'll be disappointed in myself or sick to my stomach or whatever, but then two weeks, I won't. It'll be different. Everything will be different. And I also, within those two weeks, I can help make a difference. I can get myself in a better place. You seem to use that two weeks mantra a lot. Is that a mantra that you just carry with you all the time? And are there other mantras that you use to help you as you go through different experiences? I think my favorite two week thing is probably my mom. That's all I can think of that would say that. And this two shall pass. Um, The biggest one is my friend Seth, who's a huge casting director in. But I said that in LA, he does movies and all that. He sent me a card way back in the day that I always kept. It says the only way out is through. And it's a big one. If you are feel you're stuck or you're just even like in the business mind of like, I got to get through this. That's it. That's a really big one. I love that one. I've, you know, heard it before and I use it in my mind. The only way out is through. I even tell my daughter, we both have daughters in high school. You can't get to the end of high school without going through it all. You got to go through. You got to go through. The only way out is through. And that's such an important reminder for whatever situation or environment that one is placed in, right? Absolutely. We talk about the kids in high school, always worried about grades and this or that, or me as a mom or anything. And then I just say, take a step back and look at, look at Maggie in 10 years. She's going to be totally fine. She's going to be totally fine. And she's going to be at a job that she loves. And I know she's going to be super happy. So take a step back and relax. And that's it. You just have to do that because it, it life goes by so fast that I don't remember what I was freaking about when they were in fifth grade. You know? Right? <laughs> at the end of the day, I always say that eighth grade or 10th grade, you're not going to remember it. You're not going to remember it at all. All these friends in middle school, they're going to be with you or they're not. And you're going to find your people. It's all good. But it, that's very hard to tell a kid. But it, They're just not, you know, fully there yet to, you know, totally grasp it and figure it out. You have really shared some wonderful nuggets for our listeners, and I want to wrap up a little bit with some takeaways. And I think a few things that you have said that I think are really important for people to remember, I think mindset is huge, right? Got to have that mindset. Be positive because being positive helps really carry you along. And for whatever situation you're faced with, two weeks. Give it two weeks. It's going to be okay. 
it's going to be probably better. In two weeks, it's going to be better than, than if it's really bad right now, like whether it's you're just so stressed out or whatever, give it two weeks and you have most likely got, have gotten yourself out of it or gotten into a better situation or learned something or did something, but it's two weeks. It's, and it's, it, two weeks is a great amount of time, but it's very quick. Seems like a long amount of time, but it really goes by so quickly. That is so true. I want to end with a question that I often ask my guests. What would you tell your 25-year-old self? Ooh, 25, let's see where I was. Um, I would probably say you have no idea. You have no idea how happy you're going to be. Um, I'm 48 now. You have, you have no idea. I love that. If we could all get to that point and look back on our life and just be like, you have no idea how happy you're going to be. That's just icing on the cake. It really is. When you look at 25, I think there's so much pressure on my 20s. I hated my 20s. I love getting older. I do. I, I hope I continue to as I get older and older. What's important to you and how, what a great life you, you, you've made. That's all, you know? And I think everyone should, should go for that. Oh, I love that. And we're going to end on that note because you so beautifully said that. Have a good life and be happy and everyone should have that. And I want to say thank you so much, Mary, for joining us. You have really inspired our listeners and we've had a really great chat. And I'm so thankful that you were able to join me today. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Mo Chats. And remember, keep living life while constantly straightening out your crown. joining us on another episode of Mo Chats. Remember, you can check us out at www.molifespeaks.com. You can also check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Mo Life Speaks. And remember, keep living life while constantly straightening out your crown.